I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. When a local farmer announces on social media that he has discovered a bog body in RD, the world's historians are keen to explore the death. However, this victim is a recent murder, which leads to an investigation where everyone is a suspect. Can January Quayle, an antique journalist with a nose for the truth, unravel the investigation? Yes, this is the plot of a brand new murder mystery novel. It's called Preserved. It is so compelling. It's written by the extremely talented Fiona Sherlock from Becht of County Meath. The novel, which is published by Poolbag, is out today and is already getting rave reviews from critics. And I'm delighted to be joined now by author Fiona Sherlock, who is on the line with me now. How are we doing? Oh, Sinead, thanks so much for having me on. It's uh, super exciting today. I'm really happy to introduce the world to January Quail. And sort of the uh, the journey has been about like four years since I started writing the book. When I had my daughter, I was on maternity leave and... Um, so various rounds of edits and reading and tweaking and everything and now it's out, out for people to read so it's, yes. I'm delighted. It's so exciting. Massive congratulations because I know that this is a long, long journey for you um, but take me back to the start. Where does the love of writing come from? I don't think you can help yourself. I think if you're a writer you kind of can't do anything else. Um, I've always kind of wanted to st- tell stories from when I was small in my granny's, you know, scribbling and scrawling little short stories. Um, and then I worked in PR and I worked in journalism for a few years and they're all essentially telling stories. And um, But I always wanted to, to write fiction. And when my daughter was born, I said, I'm going to write fiction. I'm going to clear the deck. I'm going to be a proper writer. I started getting up at five in the morning, getting in my word count every day and um, pick, trying to picture this moment, trying to picture today um, of sort of publication day um, so I kind of always knew I was going to be a writer now Let's backtrack a little bit there because most new mums would you know be extremely sleep deprived and any little snatched moment they would be snuggling down and trying to get the shut eye You were getting up at 5am ahead of your daughter's schedule to try and get a jump start in the writing that is no easy feat Well I mean I started that when she was about 6 or 7 months when she started sleeping through the night and you know that was about manageable so I could squeeze in, you know, a couple of hours in the morning and then another hour or two when she was napping. Now my housework went out the window. <laughs> um, you know, something has to give. I'd do a quick quick spin around at uh, half life before my hubby came home. But you're now with COVID, things are so different. And I'm still writing around babies. Now I've got two two kids. I've got a little, I had a little boy in June. But it's great because my husband is here. So there's no man to tidy up the place before he comes back. I have lots more time to, to write and kind of less pressure. So it's 
it's really conducive to COVID really. Uh, yeah, because you know the amount of people that I've chatted to that have started new projects or new creative endeavours since COVID which is astounding. Now I was glued to this book. Thank you so much for sending it to me. I read it really quickly as well. I love a good murder mystery and I just loved the character of January Quail who is so, so fascinating. There's so many layers to her. But first of all, tell us about the plot. So January Quail, she is an antiques journalist She's very, you know, that's kind of where the name comes from. She's quite stuck to the past, stuck to the old ways. Um, you know, she she likes to kind of remember her family and act quite traditional and conservative. But that doesn't fly because she's a journalist and she's not adapting to the online world. So she's about to get fired. Um, and her editors say, look, you need to come up with the goods, pony up some, you know, viral stories. So, as if by magic, the story presents itself, but it's in her area, her field of expertise, a bog body is discovered. Um, so she decides to nose out, nose out the story here, thinks, right, this is going to go viral. Um, but when she gets up there, they do some investigations and the body is not an ancient bog body, it's far more recent, which leads her into, um, you know, she's essentially solving a modern day crime and that's not not what she had imagined her for herself to do at all but when she gets into it she realises that she has to she has to get to the bottom of this so she's using she's a, as if she's uh, you know a Poirot or a Miss Markle or Sherlock Holmes trying to use those old fashioned deductive skills um, you know whilst the, the kind of modern science part is, is there as well because it, it, it's I wanted to kind of pose the question what if an old fashioned detective was put out to solve a modern crime, would they be able to, you know, forensics aside, yeah. science aside, how would they how would they manage? So I like the whole book I wanted to kind of contrast the old with the new. Oh, you've done um, that so well. I mean, even, you know, in the opening passage you're kinda of going initially you're kinda of thinking, what era are we here in? You know, it's 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 unusual. I mean, I loved the language as well, uh, the the beautiful style of writing. You know, even in that opening passage you have the men working in the bog and you're just right in that squelchy bog uh with with the with the men. But then you don't expect what's coming. You kinda of wanted to shock us there straight away in the opening, didn't you? I think it's important to get in, get in, you know, they say to get to the inciting moment kind of quickly. And um, like you want to make sure that readers, when they start reading, that they, they kind of know what's coming and you don't get in three chapters about the lads in the bog and you think, oh, this is a great book about the bog. <laughs> and then you, you, then this murder mystery comes out of nowhere and you're like, well, I thought it was about that. So I suppose I wanted to kind of set it up easily. And th- thank you for what you said about the language, because, you know, I'm from Navin myself. And um, I really did want to capture, I suppose, the local dialect, mm. but in a kind of a truthful and respectful way, because I think people can kind of make, you know, easier for people from the northeast sometimes, yeah. I think, when they do accents um, and the Mead accent and the loud accent. So that was important to me that that sort of, you know, captures the, the reality of it and the lyricality of it as well. Oh, um, it, it's done so well. And not only that, there's so much of this book is littered with local connections. Like you have the bog, you have RD, you have, uh, you know, lots of different locations. Was that important to kind of have that nice local stamp on it? Ah, uh, yeah. I mean, I, like, again, when I look at contrasting the old with the new, like if we say Ireland's ancient East Coast and we think, OK, it might have been just a marketing ploy, but it's not. It's true, you know, because there is a lot of history there and it's easy to just walk down the street and not look at the castle and the castle is there. And, you know, what does the castle mean? I live across the road from Beck to Vabby and it's 
I'm up and down the road the whole time, obviously, with with not having anywhere else to go. Yeah. And um, I try to actually stop and look at it and say, well, that's amazing. Like, that's nearly a thousand years old. And I wanted to kind of remind everybody of the, the hidden gems that are in all of our towns and cities. And I actually think with COVID, people are, have a little bit more time to spend to notice their mm. surroundings. Um, so hopefully, you know, that 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 could encourage that. But there, we do have LMFM feature in it. Yes. I was wondering how authentic it sounded. <laughs> no, it, it uh, did. I, I, you know, that was my next bit. I didn't, you know, I'm glad you brought it up because <laughs> it's fantastic. And I, we were so, so thrilled to have LMFM included in this book. And it is absolutely authentic. It's fantastic. And that uh, should be enough of a selling point for people even to buy this book. But come t- bring me back to, to January Quail because um, she, where did she come from? at all. She is a fascinating character and she's not the traditional heroine. I mean, the way you even introduce her sitting at the bar with the creme de monde, where did she come out of at all? Uh, you know, she arrived fully formed sort of in my head. I find, you know, different people, different writers say different things about like their their craft and how they write. But for me, I don't know whether it's it's a good thing or not, but I find that when I sit down, if I can kind of get into the flow, into the zone, that, that my character just comes. They just turn up and they're like hi this is me you know here I am and I, it doesn't feel like something that I'm consciously constructing um, and I, you know sometimes things happen you know in the course of writing a story like I would plan things in advance but sometimes things happen and I would be like what? You know there's something that happens in the book that I didn't I totally wasn't expecting I hadn't planned it I called my husband afterwards I was like you never guess what's after happening in January like didn't plan didn't, can't believe this happened to her and he's like, of course he did. So you wrote it. And, I, you know, it just took me by surprise. And so January arrived, you know, fully formed, sitting in McDade's with that drink in her hand, you know, ready to tell her story. And what, and a, what a story. Is there is there a little small elements of you in her? Actually, there's a little bit of everybody, you know, like I am a little bit anachronistic. I do like old fashioned things about the past. Um, but... You know, there's a little bit of a lot of people in January and I think that's what writers, we are sort of cannibalistic in that we kind of pinch and take and tweak things from all over. Anybody we see, anything that we hear, you know, be it like the colour of the carpet in somebody's room to, you know, the way somebody might have a lisp or whatever. Mm. So I definitely, after look, uh, there's a little bit of January in all of us though. I think so, yeah. And I, I presume this is not, you know, her only outing. We will see more from her again, will we? Yeah, so there's a three three books, um, three January Quail books in the works with Pool Bag. So the Preserve is the first one. Obscura is the second one, which I'm just wrapping up the edits on now. And then there's a real third one as well. And it's funny because I was just editing Obscura and... Um, it's so, it's, I find, I wonder what other writers and um, creative people are finding, but to be writing about like the pre-COVID times, it's so hard because, you know, you're writing a scene in a busy crowd and, you know, 2021 Fiona is like, ah, there's no masks and, you know, they're yeah. all on top of each other and somebody bounces over and says, I have to tell you a secret. Um, so... But yeah. you know what? We need that. We need that in our lives right now. We need to have pure escapism where COVID isn't mentioned. But to bring it up, scenes as you have, did COVID wreak havoc on, on the publishing process? Did it drag things out? It's made a big impact. It's made a big Im- impact, Sinead, I'll not lie. Now, overall, COVID is pretty good for reading and readers because people have more time that they want to, you know, use. 
and spend and they're reading more. But um, they're, 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 with the bookshops closed, um, there's a big shift towards the big bestseller authors and a lot of debuts coming out. It's just harder to get that sort of um, share voice. So it's great. Thank you so much for having me on today because it makes it makes all the difference. But yes, yeah, the paperback version of Preserved is going to be delayed until until the summertime, until the the bookshops are opened again. So we're with the ebook at the minute, and it's great because when you go with the digital first, you know people have already read online, and the the ebook reader is a little bit different to the the reader who goes and buys books in a bookshop and they find books in sort of different ways. Yes. So, you know, I'm hopeful about that. I'm hopeful about it. Everybody is there packing their, their bag for their staycation that they want to flick through a, a book when the paperback comes out. And uh, I really look forward to getting back into local bookshops myself. Antonia's Bookshop and Trim is the closest bookshop to me and they've been great during lockdown to order books from. Um, but there's nothing like going in for a browse and yes, exactly. you know, the little events that, are, that go on. So, look, we are where we are. Everybody's been touched or affected by it. And all we can do is, is be hopeful for the future. And if anybody's listening and likes the sound of the book, preserved and, and wants to take an order, then yep. that would be great. Yeah, and you can get in touch with the with Antonia's. I'm sure they'll be happy to help people out. Now, this book is getting rave reviews, and deservedly so. You've been called Ireland's rising crime thriller star uh, by very renowned people. What do you make of all this? You must be thrilled with the reaction. At the end of the day, Sinead, when I get off the phone with you, I'm going to go in and change the baby's nappy and maybe <laughs> mash up a bit of banana and give it to him. So if that doesn't keep people on the ground, then, you know, um, it's amazing. Sure, look, this is dream come true sort of territory. And, you know, I've kind of dreamt about this day for a long, long time. Um, so I'm just thrilled to be here. And I'm so grateful for all the people who helped me along the way, the publishers, my agents, um, people who read at an early an early stage. You know, my husband and my family for putting up with me and taking the kids so I can, you know, do this interview and, and do my work. And I wouldn't be able to do any of it on my own. Well, you know, we wish you all the best and success at this. I've no doubt it's going to really, really go well. You are hosting an Instagram launch tonight, aren't you? Actually, you need an excuse to put on a frock yes. and have a little drink. So I'm hosting an Instagram live. I'll also be giving away one of my murder mystery games. And I just will be telling people a little bit about January, a little bit about the book. And if anybody wants to join on Wednesday, on a Wednesday night, with the snow falling outside, I'd love them to tune in. So it's on, on my Instagram page, Fiona Sherlock. They'll find me there. Perfect. Well, listen, Fiona, congratulations on a tr- truly thrilling read. Couldn't put it down. Best of luck with it. And no doubt uh, it's going to sell out well. Thank you so, so much for joining me on the show today. Thanks, Sinead. Take care. Take care. Bye, bye, bye. Fiona Sherlock there. The book is called Preserved, OK? That launch is tonight on Fiona's Instagram, OK? She's just Fiona Sherlock on Instagram. Uh, that's happening tonight at 7.30pm. You can get it on ebook, as she said. Uh, so head over to Amazon if you have that. But watch out for it as well. Uh, come the summertime, it is going to be back in bookshops and we'll keep you updated right here. And... You know, just to mention again, LMFM does feature in the book, which is fantastic. So, so appreciative of Fiona for doing that. So watch out for it. It's called Preserved. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. 
That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.